1: Southern Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour and a new week of Southern Miss Sports Talk. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us. We're glad to have Dickie's Barbecue on board again. As always, great place to enjoy delicious barbecue seven days a week right here in Hattiesburg. You can enjoy it in the dining room, through the drive-thru, or the take-home. However you choose, be sure you choose Dickie's barbecue quick note uh for everyone listening unfortunately we're in sun fade season it starts this afternoon it runs through the uh third of uh, the 11th of the month excuse me and unfortunately it always occurs between 1 and 2 p.m so our suggestion we're gonna have a sun fade here about uh, 15 minutes into the show uh our suggestion to you uh is that you can listen to the show uh, live of course on supertalkhattiesburg.com supertalklaurel.com, supertalksouthwestmississippi.com. The streaming uh, will not be interrupted by the Sun Fade. It's only the broadcast. It's uh, unavoidable out of everybody's control. And to just give you a heads up, uh, if you don't want to endure the uh, interruption, you can go to the three sites uh, that uh, we just mentioned that stream the show live. And, of course, you can listen to the podcast and all the other stuff after the show, and none of that will be affected by the Sun Fade. All right, it's Monday. Scott Berry, head baseball coach, joins us. And uh, another good weekend for the Golden Eagles as they win the series two games to one against a really good uh, UConn baseball team. Uh, Always happy to have Coach on the show. Coach, you and I were talking before we went on the air. You know, if, if you weren't one of the lucky people that could be at the park Friday night, you just missed a spectacular night. The weather was absolutely perfect. There was a magnificent full moon hanging over right field, and there was an exciting baseball game. And you told me, standing on third base, that moon got your attention as well.
2: Well, it really did. I mean, it was just a great atmosphere from our fan base, and the noise level and the temperature. And, you know, I just kind of thought UConn must have felt like they were close to heaven, you know, yeah. as far as a baseball player goes. Just everything lined up except – uh Except we won the game. It didn't line up for him there. So, uh, right. but that you know, great night and uh, just appreciative of all our crowd uh, each and every night we played.
1: Great. Uh, two names jump out. Uh, let's start. We'll start with Friday night's game, a six to five win. Obviously, Montenegro with a huge night, a home run to lead off the game, and then a dramatic uh, two run RBI down the right uh, right side uh, foul line, just inside of first base. Uh, so, Montenegro, and then we got introduced to a young man named Garrett Ramsey, and I'd like for you to talk about both of those kids for a moment.
2: Well, Gabe, obviously, is a name that everybody's familiar with. He's been here for quite a while, um, shirt his first year, and then, of course, the last uh, three years he's been our leadoff hitter and, and done an excellent job with it. And We found ourselves down one to nothing on Friday night. Uh, tough wind to pitch to. I mean, it's blowing out balls are getting up in the air and they're leaving and so you know we get down one and up and then Gabe takes the first pitch and ties it up so uh, you know and then later on in the eighth inning a big turning point uh, for the game at that at that point I think it was uh, we were uh, what was it three four five we were down four to five at that point and they brought in a tough left-hander left on left to face Gabe and Got a two-strike situation where the bases loaded and was able to pull one past the first baseman down the corner and score two runs and put us up six to five. And then we move into with with uh, Garrett Ramsey. Uh, you know, he's a young man who is from Hines Community College. He's outstanding stuff. I think if you ask anybody on our team, uh, he's probably got the best stuff of anybody. Uh, his, his fastball was really quick. He's, he's got a wipeout slider. Uh, that just really is tough on, on right-handers. And, uh, you know, in the fall, he was a little inconsistent in all honesty. You know, he'd he'd have a good outing and then a bad outing, good outing, bad outing. And when I say bad outing, just inconsistency of one, not really putting them together. And I think that was the biggest challenge coming into the spring is to try to develop that consistency and not tease us with uh, with having your stuff one time and then not the next time. And uh, certainly he played into are both our wins uh, two save uh, opportunities on back-to-back days, Friday and Saturday, and 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 held it like a champ out there. I mean, you can tell that uh, being the first time at this level, Division One baseball, didn't phase him a bit. Oz has been uh, Coach Ostrander has been preparing him for that uh, that situation that he inherited on Friday night, all the way back into the fall, and and then also preparing him for back-to-back. Appearances and and it worked out just like uh, just like the preparation has has been in place and, and he executed it perfectly.
1: No question, he really looked like he was pitching with a lot of confidence. Another great game Saturday, a seven to six win, uh, two just really good baseball games, and, and then another new face uh, to our fans steps up. A young man, Christopher Sargent, two home runs, five RBI, and uh, playing a really good first base so far. I think.
2: You know, Sarge was—he's been off to a slow start, Bob, this, this spring. And as we've seen the last couple of games, he's started to heat up a little bit. Um, he was the toughest out in the fall that we had. You know, Oz calls all the pitches, and just he just really didn't have a lot of weakness. Once we got deep into the fall, he he really his at bats were—he would extend them, he would foul pitches off that were pitchers pitches or borderline pitches and and you know i think he led let us in home runs in the fall was six, so he showed a lot of power from the right side and we've been counting on him this this spring to do just that and and, and play in the middle order first few games i hit him in the three hole um and uh just kind of made an adjustment there i think on saturday to uh to actually move him uh, – or, or on, I'm sorry, on Friday to move him back to the four hole. Uh, he'd been hitting in the three and, and just put Charlie in the three hole. So, Fisher, so Chris is uh, – Sarge is, has uh, started to heat up when he, he keep it going.
1: Right. And then Saturday uh, – I mean, Sunday, you, you don't get to win another pretty close game, 10-7, to uh, three home runs uh, from your ball club but also three errors that when I saw those errors, I knew you were probably not happy with that play.
2: Yeah, you know, most run-producing uh, scoring innings are going to be a, as a result of a walk, uh, a hit-by-pitch, or an error. And and we saw all of those come into play uh, in that game, you know, especially the hit-by-pitch and the error and ours, not necessarily the walk, uh, although offensively we've utilized the walk in our favor. To score runs on more than one occasion, on our run producing any. So, uh, yeah, we didn't play a good clean game yesterday. Oh, I, I'll, I'll tell you what though, our guys—they did not show that they had quit in them. You know, we cut right. we cut the lead down to I think seven to five at one point, and and then of course UConn answers back uh, with uh, with us not being able to uh, handle the bunt. I think they kind of exposed us a little bit on uh, on, on, on fielding and, and making the right decisions and anticipating, which we'll address and have addressed moving forward. But they got the momentum back, and we talk a lot about momentum, and, and if you have it, you need to keep it. If you don't have it, you've got to get it back. And you saw that momentum change a couple of times in that game, and eventually we just ran out of outs uh, yesterday. But, but our guys, you know, I, I felt like they – played played it to the end they just a tough UConn team that I knew was not going to go away easily and, and certainly didn't want to be swept and that was our challenge going into yesterday and we didn't we didn't meet our goal of, of winning all three.
1: All right Luke jumping here minute 30 left in this segment and we'll hold coach over uh, for another round of questions.
0: Coach, uh, I got I got some questions on the other side of the break about pitching, but just, uh, I guess, the last for the break. Uh, how important is it that, that we saw Charlie Fisher kind of wake up on Saturday? He went 0 for 4 on Friday, but 3 for 5 on uh, Saturday and Sunday.
2: Well, you know, real important uh, because he's that presence in the middle of the order that we have to have. And, uh, you know, we're, we're lacking a little bit outside uh, of that on the front end and the back end, I feel like, You know, that middle is all all so important, and we can't have it just fade away either. And and Charlie has been a guy in in the past. Last year he led us in hitting in a short season with only 16 games. So, you know, he just had to get that confidence. You know, what, what people don't know is there in November, had a little stress fracture in his back, had to shut him down, came back from Christmas break, reported back feeling really good, may have pushed it a little bit too quickly uh kind of had a setback so he's been nursing a a bad back with that he's i think he feels fine right now obviously he's swinging the bat like he does but you know he's he is coming off from a stress fracture injury just a couple of months ago that uh that has kind of hampered uh him getting prepared for this season so but we do you're right we need him that presence in, in our lineup is all important
1: we're talking to head baseball coach Scott Barry. his team, uh, fresh off a weekend series win against a very good UConn team. Team projected to win the Big East Baseball Conference uh, this year. So the Golden Eagles win their first two home series and now get ready for a midweeker against Mississippi State and then their first road trip of the year. We're going to talk to Coach Barry about that and some other baseball stuff right after this. Southern Miss, to the, top. to the top. You're tuned in
3: to the Eagle Hour.
1: Hey, we're talking to baseball coach Scott Berry about a great weekend series uh, with the University of Connecticut over the weekend. A lot of baseball in front of the Golden Eagles this week as well. This segment uh, sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. They've got some gorgeous Southern Miss apparel, baseball apparel uh, at Campus Bookmart. You need to check that out. They're open Monday through Saturday Saturday. Uh, right across from the campus. They're open 24-7 at campusbookmark.net. All you have to do to uh, get your favorite stuff is just uh, get on the website and uh, order it. They'll send it right to your house. Quick reminder, too, again, uh, sun fades are going to affect us uh, any minute now. We're probably fixing to suffer one. Uh, you can go to supertalkhattiesburg.com, dot supertalksouthwestmississippi.com and uh, pick up the show right there live on the internet. All right, look, I'm going to let you jump in here. I know you had a couple more questions for Coach, and then uh, I'll follow up after you. All
0: right, Coach, a couple more questions for me. Um, let, let's talk pitching, and then i got a question just really about the first seven games of the season. Um, it, it's no uh, – you look at the stat line, I think UConn had, like, 36 hits in, in three games, which is quite an amount. What The good thing was the pitching staff struck out, continued on that pace, averaging about 13 strikeouts uh, per game this season. Is that just the approach UConn had to the plate? I know the wind had to do it, but what do you think overall of, of uh, your three starters, Stanley Etheridge and Powell?
2: Well, you know, I've, I've been really pleased with uh, pretty much all our starts this, this spring. Um, uh, you know, I think right now, uh, you we, we hang in, we're hanging our hat on the pitching staff you know we just haven't gotten out the gate uh, offensively uh, like we would want to uh, and and we've we've really our pitching staff is what's kept us in the game to, to be able to enable us to win you know those four games really i mean uh so uh you know if you look at the first uh, uh the, the the first starts. Stanley had. I mean, those are those are pretty good starts uh, on his part. Walker Powell was his first start this this past Sunday, uh, for the first time. You know, I thought, you know, he didn't have his best stuff, but I thought he he made some good pitches. Uh, you know, I have to understand, UConn is a very very good offensive club. Uh, you know, they they out hit us in all three games, and we were still able to win two of the three games. We didn't walk people, and 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 they did at times, and that's what allowed us to score some runs uh, coming off those walks. And, uh, and it was the same way with Northwestern State too. We uh, we took advantage of some walks. So uh, the pitching staff, I think our bullpen, outside of a couple of three innings, uh, we've performed very well there. Ryan Ock has has really dialed it up coming out of the pen for us you know, I think Aubrey Gillentine has has done well too a uh, right-hander that we hadn't seen much of in his career but he's he's doing well and then we talked earlier about Garrett Ramsey and you know obviously right now he's the guy if we can have the game in check and have that lead to give it to him there at the end uh you know certainly he's he's shown to have that potential to to shut that door for us <laughs>
0: I guess zooming out, coach, seven uh, games through the season, four and three. Uh, there are a lot of Southern Miss fans and w- we just want to be honest about this. Maybe they don't understand sometimes the dynamic. You have your casual fan that just looks at a, a record. Uh, you have your more intense fan that still just doesn't understand maybe competition. Can you just kind of put in perspective? Because we want you to be able to, you know, our, our fan, our listeners love hearing directly from you. Could you just tell the fan base today? Um, there's no reason to panic on the 2021 Eagles because of the competition we've been playing and kind of put the first seven games in perspective.
2: Well, you know, certainly we'd like to be 7-0, and and that was the intent when we started the season uh, in game one, is to, to not lose any game. And we'll practice here, start practicing five minutes to, to not lose the next game, uh, which would be Wednesday against Mississippi State. But I think... When you look at our four and three record you you see a young team, and I'm not using that as an excuse, but you're seeing a team that's starting three freshmen, five sophomores, and one junior we don't have one we don't have one senior out there on the field outside of a pitcher who would only be Stanley Powell or Tweedy, and that's the only three seniors on this club so um, uh, You know, we're we're basically a young group that's still learning how to compete. We're still trying to develop them. You know, we we lost the year last year or two thirds of a year. You know, so you know, competition against other people outside of ourselves has only happened seven times since last March. So our guys are are still trying to grind through it. And you know, given given the dynamics of this team, I've been proud of them. I mean, outside of of one game. I think that was the second game against uh Northwestern State. I just didn't feel like in that second game of a doubleheader, we just didn't we didn't compete, didn't didn't have the pulse to compete like we need to. And hopefully that'll be a wake-up call, but everything else we've competed, you know, we just we fell behind early. I think if you look at our schedule It's probably the toughest schedule since I've been here, I think, uh, from a non-conference standpoint overall. Now, we've had some times where there's been big names on there, you know, like Fullerton for a three-game set. Uh, But I think with with college baseball and the parity, everybody's really good right now. Everybody has pitching, and uh, our schedule uh, non-conference-wise is built for a higher RPI, you know, and it's not going to get any easier. I can tell you that. You got Mississippi State, who's five and two uh, on Wednesday. Then we go to Jacksonville State, who uh, is picked to win the Ohio Valley. Um, you know, Coach Case does a great job up there. He feels like he's a regional team. Uh, he's been doing it a long, long time, so he should have a pretty good pulse at that. So he feels like this is a really talented team. We come back home against a Lafayette team that just swept Rice. And then we have Missouri State, who's been playing really well too. And before we get into our own conference, which is going to be good. So, you know, uh, so just you know, enjoy, enjoy the ride, enjoy the competition. Stay with us. Don't panic. Uh, don't let us ruin your day. Uh, you know, because uh, you know, it's 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 all part of it. But uh, you know, our guys are out there and, and working really hard. And uh, but I do I do a, a appreciate the uh the expectation that's what we expect too and the enthusiasm this weekend's crowds were great couldn't ask for any more i wish the gates were open for everybody cuz i feel like every seat would be pretty much filled uh if if so
1: no question coach it was a fantastic weekend no question about that all right you 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 kind of touched on the, on the final question obviously the state game move back a day from Tuesday to Wednesday because of weather conditions Mississippi State a perennial power always tough always it's a great series between uh between the two schools I know how fans look at that but do the kids look at a game like that any different than they would say last week when they were at South Alabama or this upcoming weekend at Jacksonville State
2: well we preach a lot Bob to not get caught up in the opponent you know get right Get caught up in the game. Focus on the game because the game is what you're trying to win. It shouldn't, uh, you know, it it shouldn't excite you more because you're playing one opponent over another. Because what we try to really instill in our guys here is try to play the game even keel. There's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. And if you ride that roller coaster, it's going to be a lot of inconsistency and there's going to be a lot of average play out of yourself or out of your team. So, you know, we like to concentrate on the game because it doesn't matter who the opponent is. You have to have an opponent to play the game. Right. So Don't let the opponent motivate you in, in how you play. This game on Wednesday to me is just as important as the game we played on Sunday against UConn because it's an opportunity to win a baseball game that we've been preparing and practicing for since last August.
1: Correct. Do you like playing these games at these at these outside venues like Trust Martin? You I know you've played some down on the coast, and at one time we were playing in Pensacola. You like that, or would you prefer to be on a campus?
2: I really like it. I mean, I don't like doing it a whole bunch, but I mean, I think it's I think it gives the fan bases in those areas an opportunity mm-hmm. to come see quality baseball that, that they may have not been able to travel to those campuses. Uh, certainly the campus brings more of the student uh, environment in, but uh, I, I don't have any problem going to these neutral site venues as long as they're nice fields uh, and, and they make that atmosphere uh, that's a great experience for, for the players. I think, uh, I think it's, it's good. And I think it, it gives them memories of their college days and being able to play at these double a parks that are, mm-hmm. that are nice.
1: Right. All right, coach, we appreciate you as always. It was just a wonderful weekend uh, at the ballpark and kudos to all the fans that were there and, and so enthusiastic. And, you know, from, from our perspective, we love this type of competition coach. And, uh, we really appreciate the effort your guys are putting out and, uh, we're looking forward to a great season, sir.
2: Well, you know, we had a we had a motto back in the nineties: anyone, anywhere, any place, and that's right. what we're that's what we want to hang our hat on. So, uh, you know, competition, good competition, makes you makes you a lot better.
1: So. No question, Coach. We we'll look forward to talking to you next Monday. Thank you, Bob. All right, Coach Scott Barry, everybody, coach. head baseball coach. University of Southern Mississippi. And yes, the Golden Eagles are off to a good start, Luke Johnson. My word, they've played three perennial regional teams and uh, are four and three. I mean, come on. Keyboard Warriors, breathe. Yes. Just breathe. It's what? good for the soul and it's good for your Southern Miss fandom. It's like the coach said, enjoy the ride, man. Baseball is back. Soak it up. miss to the top
0: back on a monday appreciate coach scott barry from southern miss baseball joining us as he does Every single Monday, you won't find a better dude in the world than than Scott Barry. And uh, taking some time before Eagles start practice, uh, we didn't we didn't lead with this. Bob and Coach Barry mentioned this, uh, but just a reminder: if you have not heard, Southern Miss against Mississippi State moved from tomorrow night because of the rain today and tomorrow in the state of Mississippi. First pitch will now be Wednesday at six p.m. That's at Trustmark Park in Pearl, Mississippi. So Southern Miss against Mississippi State. Uh, not able uh, to be played tomorrow night. It'll move to uh, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Sad for me, tomorrow my birthday, and uh, I won't get to go now, but uh, I was able to pass on my tickets to another Southern Miss uh, fan. So Golden Eagles taking on the Bulldogs this coming Wednesday night in Trustmark Park at 6 p.m. Third segment of Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar & Grill. I was there Friday the eight ninety five lunch is for real. The catfish was real. It was everything's there. Okay, and there's even there's even uh, on the wall a few pictures of some games that I played in. So uh, wherever you are in the hub city or coming in for Southern Miss sporting events, go see our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly John Sander joins us now on the telephone. Uh, Kelly, just talking to Coach Barry. Eagles go four and three, and uh, kind of we just wanted coach the opportunity to speak to people. Uh, we we on this show encourage people out there to breathe. Eagles have played some really really dynamic uh, opponents early in the season. They've really only had like two or three bad innings. Uh, pretty pretty safe to say it's a young team. You understand the dynamics of baseball. No reason for anybody to uh, to be pulling a fire alarm right now.
3: Baseball, of all the, of all the major sports, baseball is the one that is the hardest to sweep anybody. And I don't care, I don't care what it says on paper. It is really hard to sweep, you know, somebody in baseball. And in the major leagues, if you can win every series you're playing, that is to say two out of three, you're doing pretty doggone good. You know, so you guys, you know, I predicted the sweep this weekend. I thought I was sitting pretty good on that sweep, especially after the first two games. Um, but the fact that the Eagles even came back to make that a game yesterday, I mean, the Huskies jumped out to a 6-0 lead. Um, and the fact that, uh, that the Eagles came back to make that a game, you know, speaks well uh, of them yeah. and against a team like UConn. So your point is well taken, Luke. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not a bad record at all. Consider the no. teams and you know that they've that they've played.
0: One of the things that I've been encouraged about was the pitching staff did get up some hitting and Coach Barry talked about that's, that's the approach that UConn was taking. But guys, the strikeouts are, are there. I mean, this pitching staff is, is legitimate. And as we've said before, the pitching always seems to be out in front of the hitting. But Bob, I know when you watched uh, our pitching this weekend, I thought Ryan Ock did a great job. Garrett Ramsey, like you said, we found a closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guillotine looks really good. But if they continue to strike batters out like this and, and I think also based off 36 from UConn it shows how good defensively uh backing up the pitchers uh, that the Eagles no played in the field
1: uh, and Luke uh, to put a finer point on uh, what you said let me tell you what th- that UConn team was loaded with juniors and seniors big athletic strong good-looking kids as good a second baseman as I've seen play college baseball in several years uh and what Kelly said you think a team like that full of talent like that's just going to take it on the chin three games in a row without putting up one hell of a fight the third time they play you they're not are they Kelly Sander they're, they're they're coming out to win the third game
3: no and and let's also let's also keep in perspective the pitching staff's performance so far they have struck out a lot of batters don't look for that to continue it's not a reflection on the Eagles pitcher's abilities it's the fact that pitchers at the beginning of the year, as Luke just mentioned, is ahead of the hitters. As the temperatures warm up, the batting averages will come up as well. The, the timing will get a little bit better. Um, so don't expect as many strikeouts as the season goes on. When people say, well, gosh, we were striking everybody out at the beginning of the year, there's a reason. Okay, So it's all about managing expectations. As the season goes on, the Eagle pitchers most likely will not strike out you know, the percentage of hitters that they are now, but that's to be expected. Okay, so just don't anybody freak out when those numbers go down a little bit. Right. The, the thing is, the W. And they did stub their toe a little bit defensively yesterday. You know, they made three errors, uh, which is, you know, uncharacteristic. Now, UConn, I think, made three as well. But um, but all in all, you know, if you can, if you can win two out of three games against every team you play, you're sitting pretty.
1: Well, And here's another great example, and I don't normally bring this school up, but Ole Miss, a really great baseball program. They go to Texas, they beat Texas, they beat TCU, they beat Texas Tech. They get to be the number one ranked team in the country, and they come back home and they lose two out of three games to Central Florida. If that doesn't speak to the parity that all the teams face in the country today, nothing ever will.
0: And and Tulane did a really good job. I mean, State right. had to walk one off uh, really two games in a row. And so uh, it just shows the fact, and I think that's what we're going to see across. So the, this non-conference schedule that the Eagles have is going to be accentuated simply because there, there's more parity. I want to, to get your comment on this too, both of you guys. Kelly, first, Coach Penders from UConn, I think it was after game two, talked about how the atmosphere and the noise at Pete Taylor Park had really – impacted his players now i I, you look at the average attendance for a yukon game in a non-covid year i think it was somewhere around 760 to 800 and i just you know i was thinking i was like man this is like 25 percent capacity the roost was rocking and but i was just like man here is here is a a coach of the preeminent baseball program in the northeast they have played in big places and pete taylor park noise was getting to him kelly
3: well yeah and and the, the relievers for UConn, those poor guys are down there trying to do a job, and <laughs> and those guys, Jody was offering the them food. Yeah, I mean the, the guys in the rooster on them like a cheap suit, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> They're just going, look, I'm just, I'm here trying to do my job. Would you just let me warm up? And, <laughs> and the guys are there say, no, <laughs> we there's, won't let you. They're so
1: polite out there. <laughs> yes,
3: yes <laughs> yeah, doing their part to help the Eagles win.
1: Right. Know? Right. What a great weekend though, man. Friday night, guys. I got to tell you. That big gorgeous full moon hanging over the field and it's cool and there's a breeze and two quality teams out there in a one-run game. It was just as good as it gets, and, man. And
3: you got great. and you got another quality program coming in this weekend in Louisiana Lafayette.
1: Right. Next you know? weekend. I mean, that's, that's correct. That's yeah. next yeah. weekend. Yeah. We're that's on right. the road at Jacksonville no, State right. this that's weekend. That's right.
3: I well, mean, the next time they're at home on a weekend, so
1: right? Exactly. And, and then in between there, you just squeeze in Mississippi State. Kelly, so I mean, it's it's not like you're taking a break during the midweek, am I right? Yeah,
0: I'm who glad are who are number two in the nation as of
1: today? Yeah.
3: yeah, and I'm glad Mississippi State has has you know worked real hard to get their program up to to you know be similar to ours
1: to the level. I, I do want to point out that they have <laughs> lost uh, they have lost four of the last six games to Southern Miss, but I'm. I'm just throwing that out there. And, and I do remember how many years I would hear, well, yeah, you beat us, but if you played us on the weekend, you would never win a game because we got our SEC and we've won four of the last six weekend games against Mississippi State. So just to set the record straight, right, Kelly, we're just trying to report the facts here.
3: When it, come, when it comes to baseball, really the state of Mississippi should be very proud. All three of, of those schools are, are very competitive on a national level and have nothing to be ashamed about, any one of the schools.
1: Very quickly, Kelly, I want to get your input on this. Friday, Saturday afternoon, my phone blows up in the seventh inning of the game. Luke's, same way. Social media is full of it Saturday night. The broadcast is dropped from a technical standpoint around the seventh inning of the game Saturday the truth of the matter is Jack Duggan took the heat on, on social media. It was not Jack Duggan's fault. Jack Duggan is the sports information director. In three days, Jack Duggan has published 15 articles about sports taking place at Southern Miss, handled all the Zoom calls for all the post-game stuff, and ran the press box for three days. So what happened Saturday was not Jack Duggan's fault. We had a play-by-play announcer who's in charge of broadcasting that left before the game was over to go do a basketball game. Kelly Sander, that's, that's just not the way you do things. And, and in all honesty, our fans deserve better than what they got Saturday afternoon.
3: And the play-by-play announcer you're talking about is John Cox. Right. And here's, here's the deal. When you look at any Major League Baseball team, when you look at a lot of college teams, they have a two-man crew. I mean, the Kansas City Royals have Fred White and Denny Matthews. The Detroit Tigers, you know, they've got Dan Dickerson and, and Rod Allen. You've got this, you know, the old Chicago Cubs had Harry Carey and Steve Stone. The reason you have two people is that in, in this situation, if John needed to go do the basketball game, he could go, go do the basketball game and leave it to another person to do the rest of the game. You know, it's usually where your main guy calls innings 1, 2, and 3, your other guy calls innings 4, 5, and 6, and then you go back to your main guy to call innings 7, 8, and 9. All right? There is no excuse for those last innings in a team of national prominence in baseball for those, ga- those innings not to be called. Not only was the audio dropped, the video was dropped as well. That's correct. John does football. He does basketball. He does baseball. He doesn't have anybody help him on any of those things. If he's overworked, they need to get him some help.
1: Right. Well, again, do not, do not, keyboard warriors be blaming Jack Duggan for that. Jack Duggan is not in charge of broadcasting. Jack is a is a guy that works seven days a week as the sports information director and he deserved better than what he took saturday night and kelly i guess you agree our fans deserve better than what happened saturday
3: john cox needs to loosen up the reins and let somebody else help out every once in a while
1: we'll be back Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
0: Last segment on this Monday brought to you by DBAT. And D1 Training located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. It's raining today. It's going to be raining tomorrow. Maybe you can't, uh, you don't have access to an inside hitting facility to, to get maybe even your team batting practice in or your son or daughter. Go down to D uh, Bat in Hattiesburg on Highway 98. Look them up online, DBATHattiesburg.com. They've got excellent facilities for you to be able to uh, get great instruction and help your son and daughter. And then D1 Training is next door. D Bat and D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour, kind of a weekend recap. Ladies basketball, uh, was on the road down in Boca Raton. They drop a, a two game, 78-63, 81-61. Kind of limited, I think, in the Friday game, uh, based off who they could play, but, uh, they fall to seven and 11 on the year, five, 11 in uh, conference play. That puts them, uh, at the, at the bottom of the pack in the, I'm sorry, in mid-range in the pack. I'm looking at the men's. Uh, they, they're fifth right now in the West, 5-11, and 7-11 overall, but they will make the conference tournament. Men, on the other hand, uh, dropped two also. They fall to 8-16 and 16 on the year, 4-13 and 13 in the conference. They lost a 69-60 game on Friday and had a great opportunity to win on Saturday, but they dropped 73-66. Uh, they fall to, again, 4 Thirteen, the conference bottom of the West, but they do have a chance uh, to make a little noise in the conference tournament. And we'll have to wait to see how Conference USA in this next week really spells uh, out um, how the seating will go. Southern Miss softball splits with Houston Baptist; they lose a two-to-nothing game, and then win three to two on in in game two. That was Houston Baptist's first loss uh, of uh, the year. Carson Pierce uh, got the win, and Alyssa Davis also hit a home run. And then finally, men's tennis remains undefeated. And uh, I know Bob is so excited that tennis season has uh, started again. They're 2-0. and They beat UAB, Alabama, A&M over the weekend. And then Ladies Beach Volleyball got started, fell just short against Loyola Marymount and Georgia State. Both of those teams were in the top 25. Yeah. Kelly, what else you got going for us?
3: Nothing. Not a darn thing, Luke. Just, uh, I got to enjoy some baseball, at, you know, at the Pete this weekend. So, um, and, you know, I saw, you know, Coach Jeff Bauer was out there. I mean, you got, you talk talking about the proverbial who's who of Southern Miss uh, sports out there this weekend. It was, it was a great, Great weekend to get out and enjoy some baseball.
1: Yeah, we had the since, big guy, Walter, you sit have... up beside us Friday evening, uh, Luke. and uh, <laughs> He was there. Matt's living a good life, man. Had a beautiful young woman with him, was friendly, people in the crowd greeting him, Matt uh, shaking hands, talking. It was good to see him. They were going to have a jersey for him, to slip
0: it on, and, and they were going to slide him over the roost and, and put him out there and switch, you know, during the field so that he could run back in the dugout and, uh, and, and be fully dressed up. Bob says we have two minutes left. I guess it is important for you to comment about how excited you are for the Southern Miss men's tennis season
1: to, to begin again. <laughs> Just, I live for it man I'm telling you my hey, my hey, life Bob? is not going to be the same now that they're they're back I hope they do I hope they do for real I got a quick question for you guys a serious question too and as I say we saw Matt Walner Friday night but where where is where are kids like that right now when it comes to getting ready for a baseball season Kelly Center you keep up with that
3: Yeah I actually talked with JC Keys uh last week and minor league minor league spring training will begin when major league Seasons start so the minor leaguers will begin their spring training on april 1st okay and that's day one of the major league season so they won't even begin their spring training until april 1st and just a postscript on what i what i said before um you know i I made the comment about you know if, if john can't handle both things then they need to get somebody to you know get some other people to to help look i am and people and there will be some that will Say well, you know, Sanders a broadcaster. He's just saying that because he wants. I am not campaigning for that job. I am too old. All right, I, so I can I can say that with a clear conscience. They need to get John some 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 younger help. Who you know, some guys with, that are that are good broadcasters that are full of piss and vinegar that have some more energy that can get around. And it's just it's just too much you know for one guy to handle whether John thinks he can handle it or not you know well, uh, well, none of
1: none of us are lobbying for that job we're all broadcasters here we're not lobbying for the job we're lobbying for let's do what's best for southern miss fans right and, and our great baseball program and uh, and we know how the game works i mean we we know we know exactly what they're doing when they broadcast a the game how they're setting up we know everything about what they're doing and right. so we're just speaking from that from that aspect. That come on, guys. Saturday should be a Saturday should be a wake up call, and uh, and our fans just uh, bottom line, man. Our, our fans just deserve better than what they got Saturday. There's just no for that to happen. So enough of that. We'll we'll right. move on. Hey, we have got a great week coming up. Joy Lee McNellis and Delante Hill are on the show Wednesday. Russ Anderson from Conference USA, and Lee Roberts on the show with us Thursday. Lee's going to update us on spring football. Russ is going to give us a conference preview uh, of what they're expecting in baseball. And the one and only Kelly Santer goes solo on the road Friday, well, with Michael Bergens, of course, the the producer, which is we've got a technical guy with us whenever we're whenever we're doing something live. Uh, Kelly will be at Ramey Motors. And, Kelly, I'm sure the guys are very excited about that.
3: Oh yeah, I'm going to learn all about uh, all about the different uh, types of uh, things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up the Eagle Hour. Kelly's going to go back and study about things before the remote uh, Saturday or Friday and we'll be back tomorrow at 1. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. To the sea.